Right on Radio. Right on Radio. Narrating the end of the world. The end of the world. This news just in. Ready? Go, go, go. We are your news now. Providing the play-by-play for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. The Right On Radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion, get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. Welcome to Right On Radio. My name is Jeff. I'm the host of the show. The tagline of the show is live right in the real world where I will show you the real world, both visible and invisible, and you decide how to live in it. I want to thank those who made comments on the previous show, part one of this mini-series uh, to some, you might see it as a bit of criticism, and, and there was some criticism in there, but it was heartfelt. And uh, without reading all of the comments, I think the gist of it, at least to my understanding, was that perhaps I did not do enough to introduce the show and the concept and why I am playing this material. Uh, one other thing that came up in the comments is that, you know, that this, uh, has been fact checked and it was proven false and that it's anti Jew rhetoric. Um, I want to address all these things and I'm going to bring you some stuff. I've spent hours on this now. Um, and you're going to, you're going to learn something from the word of God and from the words of them. First of all, I do not have hate for anyone. I am called by my Lord and Savior to love all mankind. Doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you love a different god, even those satan worshipers. I am called to love and I'm called to pray for them. I don't care if someone is Jew, Greek, Indian, Chinese, it does not matter. We are human beings. Having said that, I can dislike or hate those actions of those who hate humanity. And I certainly have a distaste and a dislike and no obligation to care for at all the fallen entities that these people are channeling their plans from. Now I'm going to define exactly who I believe are the ones speaking these words, and I'm not talking about the person who was quoting from the text that was published in 1905. And, you know, just to the fact checkers, who owns the media, folks? Have you not learned anything over the last few years? And, you know, everyone says it's owned by the Jews. Well, in fact, 
I'm going to prove to you it's not through God's word. Stick with me. I believe this is the real deal. And I believe it is a rare, very hard to find. If you heard the intro that I played from the person who was doing the narration. Um, and if you go back and listen to the whole thing, I didn't play that extra 20 minutes, but essentially the 20 minutes that I skipped over was validating this information. And if that, if the information in that wasn't enough, well, we can say that was in 1960, now in 2023, the events that have occurred are a validation of the information. To me, this is really valid in, in every aspect. So um, I hope that part is addressed. Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to say beforehand. Well, perhaps it'll just, Lord, please help me. <laughs> please help me, Lord. I do pray before I do each one of these broadcasts, and I pray that the Lord gives me words and stuff, but I've just got so much on my mind with this. Oh, yes, it came back to me. You know, as of yesterday, so today is the 26th of October of 2023, and as of yesterday, a new Speaker of the Congress of the United States was appointed. And he announced his very first order of business was to send all kinds of money to support Israel in their war. Now, I just, I tech, I put this in text earlier in, in uh, Telegram, but just think about this for a second. Was there an attack? Yeah, I think it was an inside job, but okay. I just, we let's say we don't know. Here's what we do know. The most secure border in the world went down for seven hours and the soldiers and that were dispatched away from it. And in came this incredible imposing army guys with pickup trucks, AK 47s, not tanks. Israel has tanks. So how does a pickup truck do against a tank? How did their surveillance miss it? Oh, and by the way, the imposing force that came in, they came in with their air force, hang gliders. But yet, the mighty Israeli army defense force needs American money. The southern border, the invasion of millions of people no, that doesn't need anything. First order of the business. Understand this. Almost all members of Congress and the Senate sign a pack with the biggest money pack that they will put Israel's interest ahead of the United States. That checks out, folks. Most. I'm not going to say all. Chris Guy said all. I'm not going to say all. 
most. They put Israel ahead of the United States. The importance of these recordings is for you to understand the depth and depravity of those who have been plotting against you. And when I say you, I mean against people who are Jewish, people who are Indian, people who are Russian, people who doesn't matter, African, it does not matter. If you're not in the club, they don't like you. And if you're in the club, they'll kill you for their higher position. These are the people that eat babies. And I just want to, so this is the protocols of the learned, learned, so intelligent, the illuminated ones, elders of Zion. I'm just going to break this down for you a little bit. In fact, a lot. Pay attention. What's an elder? I didn't pull up the actual definition of it, but essentially an elder is a priest. Okay? It can be an older person, but in spiritual context, according to the Bible, an elder is a priest. And what is Zion? Well, let's get into that. I did some etymology of some words and I think this is going to be very telling for you and me. <laughs> it was very telling for me too. Let me add this in. I'm going to start off with Revelation 2 verse 9 because I made the... Uh, it was my opinion on the last show that this is done not only by the elders of Zion, but I called them the synagogue of Satan. And this isn't going to be all repeat information. You got some new stuff coming. Wait till you see what this. So let's start off with revelation two verse nine. I know your tribulation and your poverty. This is the words of Jesus. Okay. I just want to be clear. This is Revelation. This is the words of Jesus. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander by those who say they are Jews and are not. They say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Hold on. We're going to come full circle in this, folks. I break down a lot of words here. Where does the word synagogue come from? Well, it's not in the Torah, which is supposedly the text. You know, we worship the same God. No, we don't. No, we don't. So the word synagogue, this is the simplistic meaning, a place of assembly and instruction. Now we, members of the body of Christ, whom we are called the church, 
We are not a building. We are a body. We are people. But a synagogue is a place. So this is a place where they go to for worship and instruction. This is important to note, okay? Very different from us. We go to a building. We are the church. Synagogue is the place that they go to for worship and instruction. So what is the etymology? That means what is the root meaning? And I started to break down synagogue because there is no root meaning of the entire word. But let's start with sin, S-Y-N. It means with or together. Okay, an assembly, that makes a sense. So it's the people assembling with or together. They go to the place. Gog. Gog is in synagogue, is it not? Gog has been identified by modern scholars with Gyges, a 7th century BCE king of Lydia, and with the Akkadian god Gaga. Let me back it up. So they go to a place for worship and instruction together in a place for the for an Akkadian god, Gaga, that's not my god, which is the which also Gog comes out of Magog and is code for Babylon. So people who go to a place together for worship and instruction from a fallen god of Babylon. Synagogue. I didn't have to get the etymology of Satan, do I? Is it starting to make sense to you? You know they have to tell you, right? Because it gives them more power. They've been saying it for centuries. Oh, but we're we have to protect us Christians. The elders of Zion. I elders are priests. What is Zion? Zion is the city of David. And it means defend the dry place where God dwells. That's a simplistic version, okay? If you put it together, this is going to be accurate. So they go to the synagogue, an assembly, where they worship, teach, and instruct all together to go to false gods. And Zionism is they go to defend the dry place where God dwells. But what God is it? Oh, it's the Akkadian god Gaga. Satan, folks. Etymology, so the root word of Zionism, a movement for forming 
or later supporting, so this is from 1896, a movement for forming, now supporting, a Jewish national state in Palestine. Okay? Now, the city of David was in the territory that we've called Palestine. I want to be clear. I'm not saying there is not claim to those lands. Those lands are for all people. And I'm not saying a new world togetherness, sort of all, but there is no religious right to the land. Etymology of Israel. And, you know, when you want to find the meaning of a word, you need to go back to the very first time it's mentioned. And the first time it's mentioned, God gives us, and this is with any word, when you go in the Bible, the first mention, it's the rule of first mention, God always gives the most detail of the meaning of a particular word. So the root of the word Israel, the origin, the origin of the name Israel is a biblical verse referring to our forefather, Jacob. Your name is Israel because you have struggled with God and man and prevailed. Now, he struggled with God, but he didn't deny God. And to prevail is to eventually find favor with our God. Not Satan, our God. And so it's important to know so Jacob was named Israel that's a person not a place it's a person and it means the struggle it means the struggle you know what I'm gonna just back up you know what the very first verse I know your tribulation does that mean struggle tribulation yeah I think it does, but hold on. So the meaning of Israel is descendants of Jacob who was named Israel. It is people, not a place, but the people, descendants of Jacob, did gather in the city of David. Okay, they gathered there. And they have right to, as much as you and I have right to go and gather and look at the places where our Savior, Yahuwah Messiah, dwelt. So Paul addresses this same question of the synagogue of Satan in Romans verse 2, 28 and 29. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly. What does that mean? I'm just going to break it down. So you mean those people who wear the hats and go to the synagogues and, and order their you know special food and stuff like that are not Jews? Because But they say they're Jews. Paul who was one of them, who was the Pharisee of all Pharisees, says, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, 
nor is the circumcision which is outward in the flesh. Oh, in the flesh. They're not Jews, Paul is saying, but Paul tells us who the Jews are. Verse 29. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is of the heart. Born again? By the Spirit, not by the letter. And his praise is not from people, but from God. Fellow believer, when you become born again, you are the circumcision. You are Israel. You know, when the Belt Fort Declaration, so World War I was brought about really to dismantle the Christians in Russia. Russia was a stronghold in Christianity. To bring that down and thus you're in a more communistic thing, it worked, obviously. And that set the groundworks for the state of Israel to be created. And how clever, what a twist of words to name a geography after God's chosen people. Who are God's chosen people? Are you born again? Then he chose you. Philippians 3, verses 2 to 3. Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of false circumcision. You hear that again? Those who are outwardly circumcised, beware, as he's calling them, evil workers and dogs, the false circumcision. Verse 3, for we are the true circumcision, who worship the Spirit of God and take pride in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. You see, those who say they are Jews but are not of Jews put all their confidence in the flesh. They have to follow the law, remember? Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. And we are the circumcision because we have Christ Jesus, the Messiah who came, died, and rose again. But let's continue. Children, it is the last hour, and just as you heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. What is an Antichrist? Well, anti means opposite of. Opposite of Christ. And if you are going to be an Antichrist, 
to be the opposite of our risen Savior, you have to actually believe that there is a Christ. Who are the ones in this world who believe that there is a Messiah coming, and it's not just those who call themselves Jews. We'll put some other faiths in here too. By the way, they all end with ISM-isms. <laughs> Funny how that works. So there's an Antichrist singular that's coming, but there's many Antichrists that have appeared. You know what? This is the last hour, and they are appearing. They're appearing to the whole world right now. And there's never been a time in history before that the whole world could see it as easily as we do. So the elders of Zion, the priests that defend the land where their god Satan rules and they teach and worship Satan. And I'm not saying all the people who live in that geography. Please hear that. But the people behind all this, that's who I'm talking about. You know, just in a speech, I believe it was yesterday, Netanyahu was talking about dark to light right out of Freemasonry. And for dark to light to succeed, they need to bring down the United States. The United States is the one stronghold in the world. And when the United States falls, the whole world falls into this demonic system. Uh, I'm going to save the next slide. I'm going to close with the next slide. I'm going to read some words of Jesus at the end of this uh, part two, and it's going to knock your socks off. It did mine. But let me continue with part two. I'm going to play some more of the steps. We finished the first three. The last time, this is important for you to hear it. If you want to know why your governments are doing what they're doing, if you want to know, and I'm talking the root of it, the root of why your governments, your militaries, all of those in authority are doing the things they are doing, then you need to listen to the rest of this. And I will not be doing a pod bean live on Friday morning. Instead, I will put part three, the conclusion to this mini series, and I'll make it available for 9 a.m. Eastern. So you can listen to it at your leisure on Friday. 
please share this video with people. I think it's important. Without further ado, let's continue on with the protocols of the learned elders of Zion. Now, I trust you know who they are. Protocol number four. Every republic passes through several stages. The first stage is like the early period of insane ravings of a blind man throwing himself right and left. The second is the demagogy, which breeds anarchy, which inevitably leads to despotism, not of a legal and open character and consequently responsible, but an unseen and unknown despotism, no less effective because exercised by some secret organization acting even less ceremoniously because it is hidden under the cover and behind the backs of different agents. The change of these agents will even help the secret organizations as it will thus be able to rid itself of the necessity of spending money to reward employees of long terms of service. Who and what can overthrow an unseen power? Well, such is the character of our power. External masonry acts as a screen for it and its aims, but the plan of action of this power and its very headquarters will always remain unknown to the people. And uh, here, let me interject something. After the word external masonry in this paragraph of protocol number four, there's a footnote. And the footnote is thus. The reference is probably to those Masonic lodges in continental Europe, which contrary to the fundamental principles of the Anglo-Saxon lodges, have been converted into quasi-political and anti-Christian organizations. See the Encyclopedia Britannica, 11th edition, Article Freemasonry, Volume 11, page 84. <clears throat> now let us return to protocol number four, continuing. Liberty could also be harmless and remain on the state program without detriment to the well-being of the people if it were to retain the ideas of the belief in God and human fraternity, free from the conception of equality, for such a conception is in contradiction to the laws of nature, which establish subordination. With such a faith, the people would be governed by the guardians of the parish and would thrive quietly and obediently under the guidance of their spiritual leader, except in God's dispensation on earth. It is for this reason that we must undermine faith, tearing from the minds of the goys the very principle of God and soul, and substituting mathematical formulas and material needs. In order that the minds of the goys may have no time to think and notice things, it is necessary to divert them in the direction of industry and commerce. Thus all nations will seek their own profit, and while engaged in the struggle, they will not notice their common enemy. But in order that liberty should finally undermine and ruin the Goya's society, it is necessary to put industry on a basis of speculation. The result of this will be that everything absorbed by industry from the land will not remain in the hands of the Gentiles, but will be directed toward speculation 
That is, it will come into our coffers. The intense struggle for supremacy, the shocks to economic life, will create moreover, have already created, disappointed, cold, and heartless societies. These societies will have complete disgust for high politics and religion. Their only guide will be calculation, that is, gold, for which they will have a real cult because of the material delights which it can supply. It will be at that stage that the lower classes of the Gentiles are goys, not for the sake of doing good, nor even for the sake of wealth, but solely because of their hatred towards the privileged, will follow us against our competitors for power, the intelligent goys. Protocol number five. What form of government can be given to societies in which bribery has penetrated everywhere, where riches are obtained only by clever tricks, and semi-fraudulent means where corruption reigns, where morality is sustained by punitive measures and strict laws, and not by voluntary acceptance of moral principles, where cosmopolitan convictions have eliminated patriotic feelings and religion. What form of government can be given to such societies other than a despotism such as I shall describe? We will create a strong centralized government so as to gather the social forces into our power. We will mechanically regulate all the functions of political life of our subjects by new laws. These laws will gradually eliminate all the concessions and liberties permitted by the Goys. Our kingdom will be crowned by such a majestic despotism that it will be able at all times and in all places to crush both antagonistic and discontented Goys. We may be told that the despotism outlined by me is inconsistent with modern progress, but I will prove to you that the contrary is the case. At the time when people considered rulers as an incarnation of the will of God, they subjected themselves without murmur to the autocracy of the sovereigns. But as soon as we inspired them with the thought of their personal rights, they began to regard the rulers as ordinary mortals. The holy anointments fell from the heads of sovereigns in the opinion of the people. And when we deprived them of their belief in God, then authority was thrown into the street, where it became public property and was seized by us. Moreover, the art of governing the masses and individuals by means of cunningly constructed theories and phraseology, by rulers of social life and other devices not understood by the Goyas, belongs among other faculties to our administrative mind, which is educated in analyses and observation, and is also based upon skillful reasoning in which we have no competitors, just as we have none in the preparation of plans for political action and solidarity. Only the Jesuits could be compared to us in this, but we were able to discredit them in the mind of the senseless mob as a visible organization, whereas we with our secret organization remained in the dark. After all, is it not the same to the world who will be its master, whether it be the head of Catholicism or our despot of Zionist blood? To us, however, the chosen people, it is by no means a matter of indifference. Temporarily, a world coalition of the Gentiles would be able to hold us in check. But we have ensured against this by roots of dissension so deep among them that they cannot now be extracted. We have set at variance the personal and national interest of the Goys. We have incited religious and race hatred, nurtured by us in their hearts for 20 centuries. Owing to all this, no state will obtain the help it asks for from any side 
because each of them will think that a coalition against us will be disadvantageous to it. We are too powerful. We must be taken into consideration. No country can reach even an insignificant private understanding without our being secret parties to it. Primae Regis Regnant. Through me the sovereigns reign. The prophets have told us that we were chosen by God himself to reign over the world. God endowed us with genius to enable us to cope with the problem. Were there a genius in the opposing camp, he would struggle against us. But a newcomer is not equal to an old inhabitant. The struggle between us would be of such a merciless nature as the world has never seen before. Moreover, their genius would be too late. All the wheels of government mechanism move by the action of the motor, which is in our hands, and that motor is gold. The science of political economy invented by our wise men has long ago demonstrated the royal prestige of capital. To attain freedom of action, capital must obtain freedom to monopolize industry and trade. This is already being done by an unseen hand in all parts of the world. Such liberty will give political power to traders and will aid in subjugating the people. At present, it is more important to disarm peoples than to lead them to war. It is more important to utilize flaming passions for our purposes than to extinguish them. More important to grasp and interpret the thoughts of others in our own way than to discard them. The most important problem of our government is to weaken the popular mind by criticism, to disaccustom it to thought, which creates opposition, to deflect the power of thought into mere empty eloquence. At all times, both people and individuals have mistaken words for deeds, as they are satisfied with the visible, rarely noticing whether the promise is performed in the fields of social life. Therefore, we will organize ostensible institutions, which will prove eloquently their good work in the direction of progress. We will appropriate to ourselves the liberal aspect of all parties, of all shades of opinion, and we will provide our orators with the same aspect, and they will talk so much that they will exhaust the people by their speeches and cause them to turn away from orators in disgust. To control public opinion, it is necessary to perplex it by the expression of numerous contradictory opinions until the goys get lost in the labyrinth and come to understand that it is best to have no opinion on political questions. Such questions are not intended to be understood by the people, since only he who rules knows them. This is the first secret. The second secret necessary for the success of governing consists in so multiplying popular failings, habits, passions, and conventional laws that no one will be able to disentangle himself into chaos and consequently, people will cease to understand each other. This measure will help us to sow dissension within all parties, to disintegrate all those collective forces which still do not wish to subjugate themselves to us, to discourage all individual initiative which might be in any degree hamper our work. There is nothing more dangerous than individual initiative. If it has a touch of genius, it can accomplish more than a million people among whom we have sown dissensions. We must direct the education of the Goy societies so that their arms will drop hopelessly when they face every task where initiative is required.
The intensity of action resulting from ind individual freedom of action dissipates its force when it encounters another person's freedom. This results in heavy blows at morale, disappointments, and failures. We will so tire the goys by all this that we will force them to offer us an international power, which by its position will enable us conveniently to absorb without destroying all governmental forces of the world and thus to form a super government. In lieu of modern rulers, we will place a monster which will be called the super governmental administration. Its hands will be stretched out like pincers in every direction so that this colossal organization cannot fail to conquer all the peoples. Protocol number six. We will soon begin to establish great monopolies, reservoirs of huge wealth, upon which even the large fortunes of the Goys will depend to such an extent that they will be drowned together with the governmental credits on the day following the political catastrophe. You economists here present, will please carefully weigh the significance of this scheme. We must develop by all means the importance of our super government by representing it as the protector and reward giver of all who willingly submit to us. The aristocracy of the Goyes as a political force is dead. We do not need to take it into consideration, but as landowners, they are harmful to us because they can be independent in their resources of life. For this reason, we must deprive them of their land at any cost. To attain this object, the best method is to increase land taxes, the indebtedness of the land. These measures will keep land ownership in subjection. The aristocracy of the Gentiles, or Goys, which as a matter of heredity is unable to be satisfied with small things, will soon be ruined. At the same time, it is necessary to patronize trade and industry vigorously, and more important, to encourage speculation, whose function is to act as a counterbalance to industry. Without speculation, industry will increase private capital and tend to amelioration of land ownership by freeing it from indebtedness created by the loans granted by agricultural banks. It is necessary that industry should suck out of the land both labor and capital, and through speculation deliver into our hands all the money of the world, thus throwing all the goys into the ranks of the proletarian. Then the goys will bow before us in order to obtain the mere right of existence. To destroy goy industry, we will create among the goys, as an aid to speculation, the strong demand for boundless luxury which we have already developed. Let us raise wages, which, however, will be of no benefit to the workers, for we will simultaneously cause the rise in prices of objects of first necessity under the pretext that this is due to the decadence of agriculture and of the cattle industry. We will also artfully and deeply undermine the sources of production by teaching the workman anarchy and the use of alcohol, at the same time taking measures to expel all the intelligent goys from the land. That the true situation should not be noticed by the goys until the proper time we will mask it by a pretended desire to help the working classes and great economic principles, an active propaganda of which principles is being carried on through the dissemination of our economic theories. Protocol number seven. The intensification of armament and the increase of the police force are essential to the realization of above-mentioned plans. 
It is necessary that there should be besides ourselves in all countries, only the mass of the proletariat, a few millionaires devoted to us, policemen and soldiers. We must create unrest, dissensions, and hatred throughout Europe and through the European affiliations, also on other continents. In this, there is a twofold advantage. First, we will hold all countries under our influence, since they will realize that we have the power to create disorders or to restore order whenever we wish. All countries have come to regard us as a necessary burden. Second, we will entangle by intrigue all the threads stretched by us into all the governmental bodies by means of politics, economic treaties, or financial obligations. To attain these ends, we will worm our way into parleys and negotiations. Armed with cunning, but in so-called official language, we will assume the opposite tactics of seeming honest and reasonable. In this way, the peoples and the governments of the Goys, taught by us to regard only the surface of that which we show them, will look upon us as benefactors and saviors of mankind. We must be able to overcome all opposition by provoking a war by the neighbors of that country which dares to oppose us. Should, however, those neighbors in their turn decide to unite against us, we must respond by a world war. Chief success in politics lies in the secrecy of its undertakings. There must be inconsistency between the words and actions of diplomats. We must influence the Goy governments to action beneficial to our broadly conceived plan, now approaching its triumphant goal, creating the impression that such action is demanded by public opinion, which in reality is secretly organized by us with the help of the so-called great power, namely the press. The latter, however, with few exceptions that need not be considered, is already entirely in our hands. In short, to sum up our system of shackling the Goy governments of Europe, we will show our power to one of them by assassination and terrorism, and should there be a possibility of all of them rising against us, we will answer them with American, Chinese, or Japanese guns. Protocol number eight. We must provide ourselves with the same arms our enemies can employ against us. We must seek the most subtle expressions and evasions of the legal dictionary to justify those cases in which we will be forced to announce decisions, which may seem unnecessarily bold and unjust, for it is important that these decisions should be expressed in terms so forcible that they will appear at the highest moral rules of a legal character. Our government must be surrounded by all the forces of civilization in the midst of which it will have to function. It will surround itself with publicists, experienced lawyers, administrators, diplomats, and finally, people educated along special lines in our special advanced schools. These people will know all the secrets of social existence. They will know all languages composed of political letters and words. They will be familiar with the reverse side of human nature, with all of its sensitive chords upon which they must know how to play. These chords are the structure of the in intellects of the goys, their tendencies, their failings, their vices, and their virtues, the peculiarities of classes and caste. It is evident that the highly talented members of our government, to which I refer, will be recruited not from the ranks of the Goyes, accustomed to promoting their administrative duties without questioning their aim and without thinking why they are necessary. The Goy administrators sign papers without reading them. 
and work for profit or for pride. We will surround our government by a whole world of economists. It is for this reason that economics is the chief science taught by the Jews. We will be surrounded by a crowd of bankers, traders, capitalists, and most important of all, by millionaires, because in essence, everything will be decided by a question of figures. Meanwhile, as it is not yet safe to give the responsible government post to our brother Jews, we will give them to people whose record and whose character are such that there is an abyss between them and the people. Also to people for whom in case of disobedience to our orders, there will remain nothing but condemnation or exile, thus forcing them to protect our interest to their last breath. Protocol number nine. All right. I'm just going to stop it there and I will not do a uh, big intro to the part three and I will let the rest of the protocols play out. Are you seeing how they undermined industry? Are you seeing how they've undermined your property? Do you see how they've under, you know, they say it's almost impossible for someone in the middle class and a couple people break through, but very few because of the way they've created the system speculation is very important the stock market is all speculation folks the system has been rigged from the beginning and america i said this months ago and i didn't it, actually even before i even heard this i've been sitting on this for months but i didn't realize America was created to topple the kings and presidents, prime ministers of the earth to put it all into their control because people wanted that freedom. So they gave freedom. But freedom, it seems, was a bit of a trap. It's a good thing. We're supposed to live free. But I guess it is what it is. So I never really read the uh, remaining part of this slide. The elders of Zion. This demonic plan is reminiscent of the teachings of the Talmud and the Zohar. These books teach rituals and conquest. The books... Folks, that's where that's where the Kundalini comes from. That's where that's where a lot of the recordings of child sacrifice are. This is when they say that they are the chosen ones. They're chosen by their God. Their God is Satan. They actually believe he is the true God. And they believe they are chosen by him. And so when they refer to the, the goys, they're referring to all of those who are not in their club. Man, I hope... Uh, 
I hope I was thorough in my explanation this time. I promised you that I will uh, show you some words of Jesus that should knock your socks off because it's concerning the people who wrote this plan and have executed it. They're almost there. We're in the last hours, folks. I never thought I'd be the end of the world guy, but, and I, and I pray I'm wrong. I got another grandchild on the way. You know what I mean? I'd love to see, I want to spend as many years here as I can serving Christ and, uh, you know, doing what I'm called to do. But at the same time, Maranatha, <laughs> bring it up, bring him, come on back, Lord. I'm ready. So here is words of the one who was here, died, rose again, is seated at the right hand of God. And he has this to say to you and me concerning these people. Revelation 3, verse 9. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not. But Lyle will make them come and bow, but I will make them come and bow down before your feet and make them know that I have loved you. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. And uh, by the way, speaking of hearing from the Lord, um, I've often said that, you know, the way a lot of the times the Lord communicates with me is through repetition because I'm somewhat thick. I want to be sure that I'm hearing from God. Not that this is inconsequential, but if you come to Sunday's Bible study, I'm going to be introducing a new ending that I'm only going to do on Sunday. And I know that I know that I know because I've sat on it for months and I've been hinting at it for months to you guys. I didn't know it was supposed to be the ending of the show and I'm going to do it on Sunday. And I really think you're going to be blessed by it. It's the words of Christ as orated by his son, yours truly to his other sons and daughters. I'm not putting myself on a special place. As I say, you know, I'm just, I'm just a guy who had the courage to stand up here. But we as a community, we're brothers and sisters, and I can't do this without you, and I can't do it without your prayer. So I want to thank you uh, so much for that. Uh, I just got to switch screens here for a second. So in the meantime, remember to love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community by sharing this episode.